Hey there, I've just got a quick message for you. At Women Travel, I've decided to change our name. Uh, so the spelling is W-O-M-X-N. So that way it keeps its very obvious feminist roots while also being trans inclusive. I apologize if that offended anyone. I did not know before I set that up uh, that there was a lot more baggage to it, but that's the value of learning the meaning of words and then using that information. If you identify as a woman, then you are a woman. This episode was recorded before the Black Lives Matters rallies and protests had begun, and so it is not as woke as it could be. Uh, things are moving very quickly in real time, and so as a content creator, I'm just trying to keep up. So this story is about Annika's trip to Hawaii just before the global pandemic shut down all travel sanctions. If there are any offenses, please let me know and we'll do better next time. Thanks for listening. Hello and welcome to Women Travel, a podcast about the places women have been and the things they did there. My name is Morgan Esberg, and this week we're interviewing Annika Sieverts, who this spring went to Hawaii. And uh, I believe you found yourself, or did you find a clone of yourself? I kind of got mixed up there. I think a clone of myself, for sure. And it's just living its best life in, in Hawaii right now. I like to dream of an alternate universe where all of us are living our best lives in a tropical paradise. So let's talk about, uh, let's, let's hop in that time machine that I used last uh-huh. time. <laughs> and we're going to go back to, I think it was it January or February? It was uh, end of February. Cool. Let's go there. So what led you to want to go to, like, to take this trip? It was really weird. Uh, I was just, like, laying in my bed, and I just went, I need to go to Hawaii. I don't know why. I'm like, you just need to book your ticket. And I'm like, okay, sure. So I booked it, um, and then, like, a couple weeks later, my mom told me that her friend that I don't like is coming to Boise, and within that time frame... I had, my trip was right in the middle of him coming home. (laughs) And I really, I started to really hate my job at Boise State University. And I, my mentor was kind of going like haywire and apparently they were going to like lose their job or maybe not. And so like everything was just really confusing. And it was just weird that a few weeks before like all this happened, I had this prompting to go to Hawaii. And so I got to escape everything <laughs> for a couple of days and it was awesome. I think that's the best definition of a vacation. You just dip. Yeah. You just dip out and you come back slight, a little bit tan, mostly burned. And you're like, mahalo dudes, welcome to the motion of the ocean. You have a puka shell necklace that's impossible to remove. Like it's actually a curse item now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. <laughs> uh, okay, and so you kind of have some history with Hawaii. Yes, I was born there. I come from a military family, so there's a military base on Oahu. And there's uh, this pink army hospital. It's really interesting, but it's like in the middle of the island, and you cannot miss it because it's just bright, hot pink. Um, and so my family joke and say I was born in the pink palace. <laughs> <laughs> but really, it was just an army hospital. Um, so that was 1995, and then I continued to live there for two years with my family. So my early memories of Hawaii aren't there. And so I went back for my 21st birthday 
with my brother, my mom, and my ex-sister-in-law now. <laughs> and that trip was a nightmare. Like, it was, it was really nice to go back, but, like, my sister-in-law and my mom were just bickering. So, when you went by yourself, was this the first time that you've traveled by yourself? No. Uh, I've taken a few trips by myself, but this was, like, me totally independent um, in terms of, like, having a hotel room and... Uh, having like no one to meet up with me when I get to the airport. Oh yeah. Yeah. So you had to do like the lone taxi ride to your hotel. Mm-hmm. I did. <laughs> and it was nice. Like the, the guys were mostly quiet. And so I just sit in the back and just look out the window like, ah, palm trees. <laughs> it's breezy, bro. <laughs> so, so what did you, did you plan an itinerary for yourself ahead of time? Did you have goals or like an intention going into it? Or were you just like, let's see what happens? A mix of both. Um, at first I thought I was going to go see the statue of Is, And so I had planned for my third day in to rent a car and drive like two and a half hours to go see his statue. But is this the statue of, uh, Israel? Yes. Yeah, the singer? of the stinger. Okay. Yeah, in his uh, hometown. But I found out because, like, I walked in the first day, and my hotel is like right next to the beach. It's like a three-minute walk at at least. Oh, sweet. Or sorry, at most, <laughs> at most, it's a three-minute walk. So I saw a concierge in my hotel room, and I was like, "Oh, I want to see what's up." So I went and I decided to be like, "Oh, hey, what are you doing? Or, like, what, what pack?" What pack are you in? Yeah, I'm like, what pack? No. So, What's your tribe? Tell me more about it. Tell me your tribe. As a white person, I demand it. Oh, God. Oh, God. Tell me your ethnicity. <laughs> now, quick detour. I, uh, there was a guy, uh, I, was, I was reading over some old stuff that I was writing, and this guy was in Boise at a Walgreens, and he was black, and his name tag actually said Africa. Mm-hmm. <gasps> Um, I don't know if that's his real it name. Is. He's actually really nice. <laughs> so you know who I'm yeah, talking yeah. about. Yeah. He uh so I'm checking out at the at this store and he actually says to me, Wow, your style is different. Where are you from? And I just felt like, huh, that's don't know how to <laughs> I, I just it was such a weird turntable yeah. that I didn't expect. Uh-huh. And, and I, I mean, he was right. I, I was currently like in between living in LA and Montana, but <laughs> apparently <laughs> you don't dress like all the other yeah, white people. What are like, you, who, where are you from? So I was at my hotel that was like a three minute maximum walk to the beach. Awesome. Had like a nice, huge suite for like a discount and it was just me. Awesome. So when I walked in, um, I saw the concierge and so I was like, oh, Let's just go see what fun activities he has. And so I walked by just to kind of like hover. And then I ended up sitting with him for like 45 minutes and just like booking things. But half of the things that he had on the table, I had done uh, back for my 21st birthday. So like shark cage swimming, going to like the North Shore and stuff like that. I had already done it. So I picked to go to Kona. And, which is the volcano island. Is that the, the fifth island? Or oh, gosh. Am I... You're probably right. I haven't looked into that too much. But it's... Okay, moving <laughs> on. But it's an active volcano island, and it's just, like, filled with, like, lava rocks. And so you go on our tour bus, 
and uh, one of the stops is you go to a national volcano forest. What? Yeah. <laughs> You've, you're introducing me to all kinds of forests that I never considered. Uh, what's a volcano forest? So the volcano forest is they take you around the volcano park. And so like one of the stops was uh, kind of like in Yellowstone where they have those gas, uh, natural pools of gas. Mm-hmm. The, like, sulfur yeah, pots? Yeah, the sulfur pots. But it's a volcano, like, uh, smoke coming out. And it's really pretty. And you look down, and it's, like... You look down, and it's, like, seeing uh, the Grand Canyon, but it's a volcano curvature. Mm-hmm. Or a bowl, I guess. So it just, like, goes deep, and, like, everything is dead inside. Whoa. And you're like, oh, like, this used to be an active site. And they had, like, these uh, sulfur uh, gates where you could, like, stand on top of it and have the sulfur just, like, go over you. And you just, like, it was cold and windy, and then you go in the sulfur, you're like, oh, it's so hot! (laughs) Uh, (laughs) um, And then another one is we go to this uh, little section in the park, and it was really cool because it had actually been closed down for two years and had just reopened a week before. So you caught it, like, right in the prime zone of, like, opening and then closing again for COVID. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, for sure. Like, I went, and then when I came back, like, a week later, it's like, oh, it's COVID time. <laughs> like, I, I like, it's, it's, I don't know how I did it. Honestly, it's like, the universe is like, you've been through enough. Here you go. <laughs> my, my friends were like, this is weird. <laughs> you were supposed to do this, and you did it. And I was like, yeah. Uh, it was great. Um, anyways, so they had just reopened this tunnel, and you like literally walk through a tunnel that a volcano had made, and it's just, but it's just such a raw feeling. Like I legit started crying in there because it's just like so powerful. Because you're like you are in the heart of a volcano, or like what used to be an active tunnel. And it's, like, really dark. There's, like, water dripping everywhere. And they have, like, old minor lights just everywhere. And then... So it's, like, a quick walk. And then you go and you finally see the tunnel of light. And you just, like, go up and you walk up the stairs. And then you're just, like, in a little mini jungle. <laughs> so... It was so amazing. Like, oh, gosh. If, if you have the chance to go to Kona, do it. It's so... It's awesome. Is it is it all a park? Like it's it's totally unlivable. Uh, you mean the whole island? Yeah. No. Okay. It, that was so just... people can live on part of the island. Yeah. Um. And uh, the the houses are pretty cheap, but the ones that are <laughs> <laughs> most expensive are the ones that have uh, 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 that's not the right word, but I'll just say automatic plumbing. Okay. Or underground plumbing because they have those uh, rainfall catches because it rains so often in Kona. Mm-hmm. Like when we were on the bus, it would just like downpour for like 30 minutes and then we drive a little higher and then just like sunshine and then we drive down and then there's rain pour. So it just there's there's enough rain that people can have their plumbing, the shower, the water. Oh, all from Just the rain. from the rain. I, I, I wasn't asking for real estate reasons i was asking because i was like it, i wonder if there would be a difference to life and like lifestyle if people 
we're living right next to a volcano. I think that would change your attitude on things. When you come from the airport, there's literally nothing around you. There's no hotels, there's no shopping, anything like that. And so when you start driving out, it's just lava rock everywhere. In my brain, I was like, oh, it's like Reykjavik. And then I was like, no one else has been to Reykjavik. (laughs) But for like an, it's like an hour's drive to get to anything after you land in the airport. Yeah, pretty much. It's uh, for those who've never had the pleasure of going to Kona. If you're from Idaho, like Craters of the Moon is kind of like that. Mm Because that's full of lava rock. So it's kind of... Kind it's like, like if someone built an airport right next to Craters of the Moon, and then we're like, drive to Argo. Yes, exactly. They're like, oh, you have to drive to McCall for an hour. And you're like, oh, sweet. <laughs> nice, dude. So yeah, so there's no, and so like the higher altitude you get, the more houses uh, uh, are built there. There's a ton of like farmland too. It was awesome. It's so pretty. <laughs> So pretty. Something unique that you told me about your trip was that you used a sketchbook and used that as you went. Uh, Can you tell me more about that? Yeah. I don't know why I decided to start doing this, uh, but I think it naturally comes uh, because I like to doodle and to draw art. So when you're in a car for a really long time and you're tired of your music and your books, it's just a good time to draw. Um, so I always carry a notebook with me and, uh, my first trip back to England after 18 years, I decided I wanted to document everything. So I brought a sketchbook and I started to put like day one in the list all my activities. And then I would draw kind of like either that day's story or something like that. So that's become a habit now. And, um, I, I decided to do it for this trip because I could tell that there was going to be something different about this trip. I just didn't know what. Um, And so I started this journey of drawing everything and uh, writing down my days and writing mini poetry, (laughs) stuff like that. It's just a, it's a really fun way to document your journeys without having to sit down and write in a journal, like long paragraphs. Like I can give like a snapshot but you still understand like what I did and uh, where I ate and what my thoughts were on that day. I think that's a really good example of when you travel, you feel like you have to express these things, but Mm -hmm. they're very difficult to express in the moment. When you look back at your notebook, you have those raw feelings still on the pages. So it's really cool. And, uh, Because of this, I decided I wanted to write a paper in my graduate program about uh, journaling art throughout the ages. So I'll be working on that uh, this next semester and hopefully get it published. So What you made me think of was the Brooklyn Art Project, Brooklyn Art Library, which is doing the sketchbook project. So they'll take your uh, diaries, sketchbooks, art books, anything that kind of has that personal story and then they keep it. What they their intention is to keep it as a time capsule of these human stories at all these different points in history. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm looking through my art journal. I'm like, is there anything I can share that's not like bougie? <laughs> Let's talk about that because 
I mean, there is a history of, of colonization and kind of a bougie approach to Hawaii or just visiting tropical areas where it's an intentional luxurious thing. Like you had a concierge at your hotel who is like there to help you spend your money. Um, <laughs> yes. And, and so how did you feel about that? Was there anything that you did to kind of make it more human? The one thing that immediately comes to mind is because I was born there, my parents decided to give me my middle name a Hawaiian name, which is Kehlani. Uh, but the thing is, the name Lani is usually reserved for royal Hawaiian princesses and queens. And so for me as a white person to have like this very historical and essentially cultural appropriation middle name sometimes it makes me go ooh <laughs> because I I don't want to seize that white person that's uh, colonizing again by taking such a sacred name and having it as my own so I don't really tell people like my middle name is Kehlani because I feel like that's an approach of something that I shouldn't have ever entered <laughs> if that makes sense but I, it was also not my choice it was my parents choice um, but also like when I go there, the native Hawaiians are so nice. Oh my gosh. And so when I would tell them like, oh yeah, I was born here. They turn to me and they go, welcome home. And I'm like, ah, like I love this, but also no. <laughs> so to answer your question of how I kept it human is that. Or I guess, I guess grounded might be a better word for it. Or grounded. Yeah. Um, it's actually going to the ocean every day. So I don't have memories of the actual island, but when I first stepped into the ocean at 20 years old, I was like, oh my gosh, like I remember this sensation from when I was a kid. I'm like, this is weird. And so I was like, the, the islands of Hawaii are not my home. It's actually the Pacific Ocean. And uh, like the waters there are so nice and warm. The reason I also realized I went to Hawaii is because I was very hurt in several ways. And so uh, the day before I went to Kona, I was in the ocean and I got messages <laughs> from the ocean. This makes me sound so, like, bohemian. Yes, but it's also, like... <laughs> You it's would, the human part. Yeah, it would, it would be lying to not talk about, like, this kind of spiritual connection because, like, that's a big part of opening yourself up to new experiences and, and that kind of stuff. We just don't have verbiage that is taken seriously. And just trying to figure out how to express these like powerful emotions is gonna be tricky. <laughs> it is tricky. And I will say like, for me, I feel more connected to things when I'm in nature. And so when I was like in the ocean, I was like, bam, it's like slammed me. So uh, I actually wrote some of her messages down in my journal. And so keep in mind, this is before I went to Kona when I went to the volcano island. So here's one of the messages I got from her. Um, and so this is what I wrote before I knew what I was going to do. It says, your scar is like lava rock. You have been told by your mother it is ugly. The scar has hurt you, but there is deep power and magic in lava rock. No longer see it as a scar of shame, but a part to your heart. Those who see beauty in lava rock will see what you are. And then the next day, I went to a lava rock 
National Park and was walking in a tunnel. So now you understand why I cried. <laughs> yes. There's layers to this thing. Yeah, deep, deep layers. And so that kept me grounded because every day I would walk in the ocean and just be so happy that mm-hmm. I was not in the frigid cold Idaho <laughs> rivers that don't get warm ever. Uh, and like I would stay there when it started raining and people would like run out of the ocean. And I'm just sitting there and rain just pouring down me. And I feel yeah. like, let the rain fall down. <laughs> feel my Hillary Duff realness. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's just like messages like that where you're like oh <laughs> shit <laughs> you're like oh damn I came here for a reason and she is not playing <laughs> but I think that's a really powerful message is like kind of leading to that acceptance and healing and, and uh, that sounds like a really good takeaway yeah it was it was awesome so after that I quit my job at BSU, sent in a letter of resignation. I kind of backed away from my mentor emotionally, so if stuff happens, I won't get as hurt. Once you were outside of your reality situation, do you feel like that helped you kind of re-examine what was going on there, or was it just kind of um, subconsciously happening? A bit of both, but I was looking for a change. And so, like you said, when you get out of that situation where you're living in it every day and you're just like, oh, this is fine. It's like that dog drinking coffee in the house that's burning. And then later on, the artist changed it to, you know what? No, this is not fine. That's kind of how it was when I went to Hawaii. It was like by the second day in, I was like, okay, I for sure know I want to date this girl. Like, I'm quitting my job. I'm like... (laughs) My relationship with my mom needs to be fixed somehow, whether it's me just ignoring it and letting her fall or me like stepping in and helping, which I still haven't really decided what to do. Um, And like, I need to take care of myself in terms of like emotionally love myself a lot more than I am actually doing. And so uh, one of my things is like, okay, dude, every three years you're going to Hawaii. (laughs) I don't know if that's realistic, but I think it's good to have a place where you can reflect and kind of find yourself after long periods of time of just losing yourself in mundane stuff and just accepting things when you really shouldn't be accepting things. Do you feel more comfortable with considering Hawaii home now? Yes. Uh, yes and no. I like. I'm. I'm. I definitely say it a lot more. Like even in Hawaii. Like, people are like, where are you from? I'd be like, I'm originally from here, but I I live in Idaho now. Which is kind of weird to say because I, like, lived in Idaho a big portion of my life. But, um, yeah, so I, I say a lot more. I don't really use my middle name. Though I like to tease my mom about it. Because my, my middle name, I was told, means uh, flower from heaven. But when I actually looked it up for myself, I realized there's a second definition, which is great chief. So I tease my mom one time. I'm like, you you called me the great chief, so I'm the great chief of the family. She goes, no, we you're the flowers from heaven. Like, no, no, no. Lonnie is a Hawaiian name. It's like Lonnie is very special to the royals. So great chief totally makes sense. I'm the great chief of this family. You want to leave the family, do it. Yeah, I feel like I've got so many matriarchs in the family that like it's not even a fun competition. <laughs> yes. It's like, yes. It's like, nah, they've they've got it. I'll just. They've got it. I don't want to. Yeah. 
step on those toes. Dude, like, people say, like, patriarchy figures are scary. Uh-uh. 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 <laughs> no. Especially when they all get together and you see them fighting for it and you're just like, okay, this is quiet time for me. Right. I, I feel like I'm totally comfortable with just sitting on the sidelines and, like, if someone asks or, like, if I feel like I know more about something, I'll pipe up. But for the most part, I'm just going to be, like, the secretary. <laughs> yeah. Take your notes. Another reason why I always carry books with me. <laughs> so we were planning a 50th anniversary party for my grandparents. We did not involve the grandparents in this. They were We just dictated that they were going to have a party in a couple of years. And uh, yeah, and that was that was really interesting because, yeah, it was like the the three other women at the table were all kind of fighting for these ideas and I was the one with the notebook who was like, okay, just going to write all these down. They're like, oh, like my ideas are best, <laughs> but just to make you feel better, we're right now, we're down. For some reason, our like inflection of voices made me remember like the last full day I had in Hawaii. So like March 2nd. So I decided to go to a luau. Uh, for those who don't know, like... Wines love luau's, which is essentially do like a huge ass. Do they actually love luau's, or do yes. they just? Is it a big tourist thing? No, it's they've definitely changed it into a tourist thing, but luau's are like a real thing. Okay, so if people like just live in Hawaii, they're like, hell yeah, we're gonna have a party next week. It's gonna mm-hmm. be a luau. So the the different the definition changes between tourism and like real life. So uh, one of my friends that I had abuse was actually from Maui. And so we sat next to each other. I was like, hey, I'm also from the islands of Hawaii. Um, and she told me the story of how, like, her and her friends got truants in high school. And her family had a luau, but it was just a huge potluck. And so everyone brought all this food just to yell about how stupid their children are for breaking the law by drinking in, like, Germany. <laughs> So they almost didn't get to, like, graduate. So that's, like, the real luau for non-tourists is, like, everyone. It's, like, a big family potluck. It's a family potluck where people bring things. Uh, So the tourist one is you usually get the underground cooked pork. Mm -hmm. It's it's delicious. It's Kahlua pork. Did you get the weird, like, fishy, squidgy stuff? Yeah, the, the poi. Uh, and I usually don't like poi, but they were smart and they gave you like little salsa to put on top of it and mix it. And that was good. It was so good. So you don't have to taste it. <laughs> because other than that, it just tastes like a bland nothing. Um, and they make fun of it too. They're like, enjoy your poi. Cause even we don't like it. <laughs> um, so, so the tourist luau has like, they make the banana leaves uh, crowns. They they have a competition of you trying to start fire a traditional way with rubbing two sticks, and whoever can light light fire gets like a free T-shirt or stuff like that. So uh, they have a show where they show you like the Polynesian islands with like world uh, competitive dancers like Tahiti, Fiji, Hawaii. Gosh, they're they're so beautiful. And they have like the fire dancers and stuff like that. And so at the end, they, the chief is so funny. He's like, okay, we need someone from every table to come up to dance with us. And so I was the 
only single person in my table that wasn't old. <laughs> and so they all turned to me and I went, you know what? I'm by myself. Let's do <laughs> Let's do it. So I go up. Uh, there's like a bunch of women, a few men. So like they had to split the women into two groups. So the first one went and then I went. And so they're like, okay, turn around. Put your arms up. Squat. He goes, because no one wants to see your faces this time. <laughs> and then they have you like do a like a Tahiti dance where you like shake your hips and your oh, butt. Yeah. So it's doing that. <laughs> and so... Another hour goes by, they sing Aloha Oi, which is a traditional, like, goodbye song. And so as I'm leaving, <laughs> these two drunk girls come up to me. Like, oh my god, you shook your booty the best out of your whole group. Like, <laughs> I was like, thank you. They're like, you're so amazing. Oh, we just loved watching you. <laughs> just like totally plastered and they're like you shake your face so well <laughs> and i was like thank you so when the when the girls were talking to you did you get any digits i did not because i was talking to my girlfriend at that time oh, she's already taken i am taken i am sorry you are too late <laughs> um, <laughs> but i did uh like talk to people and uh i drew some faces so did you ask people or were you just like hey i'm just gonna stare at you for five minutes no, 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 no. I ask people because, like, I, it's either, like, I look at them for a long time and they realize I'm drawing them, or I just go, hey, can I have your picture so then I can draw from the reference. So I would ask, I would be like, hey, I, this is kind of weird, but, like, I'm a graduate student, like, I'm doing this I just this met soon. you and this is crazy, but I want to sketch you. Follow me on the gram, maybe. Follow me on the gram. Your picture will be on the gram. So he was... He sat next to me, and there was no one in the middle. And he was like, sweet, dude. I was like, yeah, extra leg room. <laughs> um, so he was from a band called The Black Ivories, and he's the drummer. And so we sat and talked, and he was like, yeah, this is my first time in Hawaii. He was like, so what's it like? <laughs> and I was like, well, this is pretty warm. I was like, do you have any shorts? He goes, oh, shit, no. Do I need shorts? So I was like. You're gonna need church. He goes, I got my swimsuit. I'm like, that'll be fine. I'm like, he goes, okay. He goes, do you know where I should eat? People were telling me to go to McDonald's. So I was like, no. <laughs> so I told him, like, no, this is what you need. So I eventually, like, made him a list. So I'm like, Aww. try these flavors, eat these snacks. And he's like, dude, you're awesome. And I was reading a uh, lesbian love stories book, it's a collection. And he was reading, like, a, a philosophy book. And he was like, are you entertaining in your book? And I'm like, um... He's like, are you doing that because you're a graduate student? And I'm like, no, I'm just, like, writing my favorite quotes. I'm like, here, read this one. And it's just, like, really bizarre. He's like, whoa, dude. <laughs> so he was super cool. And so I eventually was like, hey, you know, like, I'm a graduate student. Like, I'm doing this uh, journal art thing. Eventually, I, like, want to get published. I'm like, would you be okay if I took a picture of you and then drew it? And he was like, okay, <laughs> sweet. Uh, like, okay, sweet. And then he, like, invited me to go see his band, but I was traveling that day, so I couldn't go, which was kind of a bummer. Um, but his picture is on my Instagram, which is AnnikaSev17. To clarify, it's Annika, A-N-N-I-K-A-S-E-V-1-7. Gotcha. Yes. Got it. 
Um, and then I did a second one on the way to the Luau I set, set next to Deronda, who is my official bus buddy. That's such a musical name. <laughs> and I know. She was so beautiful, too. Oh, my gosh. I love Deronda. She, she's just so magical. Um, and I say that with, like, all the love in my heart, too. We sat, and she's like, is this your first time? It's like, no. She goes, oh, it's my first time. And she was actually like me, where she escaped from family. And she was just there to just have fun. And I was like, me too, Deronda. And she's like, wow, this is, this was meant to be. Um, and so I asked her, I was like, hey, can I, like, uh, take your picture and draw you in my art journal? And I showed her my art journal. And she was like, oh, my God, you can actually draw. <laughs> I was like, thank you. Thank you, Deronda. No, what would have been better, though, is, like, can I take a picture of you so I can sketch you? And then you do that. And then you're like, this is it. And is this, like, a stick drawing? You just drew a tree. Like, this is what your inner essence is. Okay, nice. <laughs> keep keep going. Keep practicing. <laughs> Ever heard of YouTube tutorials? Maybe look into that. When I went to the Luau, I saw like this big, beautiful Polynesian girl. So I walked up to her. I was like, "Hey, I'm like, this is my name. This is what I'm doing. Would you let me take a picture of you?" She goes, "Yes." And so I took a picture of her, and she had tattoos. And I was like, "Hey, are those like..." the the bone tattoos where they like tap it in she goes yeah she goes I'm actually a princess she goes my my parents are both chiefs and she goes and I'm a niece to Dwayne the Rock Johnson hell yeah I was like ah you're so cool (laughs) so I drew her and I uh and I tagged them all on my Instagram too so they could see it like I'm not just a weirdo I just take pictures I mean you could do that too like True, but I actually had a purpose to do it. <laughs> um, and yeah, so it's just it's just really fun. And so the last person I drew, I didn't take his picture because he was super in- intimidating. And I didn't approach him. I just drew him from memory. <laughs> and he was like like the traditional New Zealand warriors. So they have like mm, the, the Maori tribe. Yes. So he had the Maori like tattoos on his face and he was just intimidating as hell. He was beautiful. And I was like, I am not approaching you, but I will draw you from memory. <laughs> um, and he wore like military uniform. I was like, fuck dude, you could fuck me up. <laughs> like, you would take me out. And I'm like, I think I would be okay with that. Uh <laughs> In terms of killing, not, like, sexual, sorry. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> anyway, um, so... <laughs> I think that's a really cool way to talk to people and get their stories um, by drawing them, and, and obviously you did get quite a few stories from that, and I think that's that's really impressive. It's a, Yeah, it's a definitely a beautiful way to connect to people, but I think it also uh, sparks a light in them as well. Because if like you and I, if we were just sitting and someone came up to us and said, Hey, can I draw you? You'd be like, what, what about me inspires you? Like, that's such an interesting question and a thought to have, but I, I think it's just interesting to draw normal people. And I put normal in quotations for those who didn't see that because what the hell is normal? But in like in terms of everyday people who might not have that random stranger come up to them like hey can I draw you I I love it I should do it more often <laughs> yeah that's all I got so any uh any last thoughts Annika find your place that's outside of your traditional home 
and go visit it when you need time to think and open yourself up for messages because you never know what you're going to get. Damn, dude. (laughs) All right. With that, I hope everyone's staying safe and sane out there. And thank you for telling me about your trip. Thanks for being interested in my trip.